America and also the Bishop of the Diocese of the South. It is great to be back here at All Saints, especially as we officially install Father Kalin as your new rector. Uh, personally, I want to say I'm, I'm very excited about uh, him coming to you, that the Lord has brought him here, not only for you, but also for the diocese. Uh, welcome, brother. It's great. I want to also say thank you for your prayers for Allison and me as I continue to serve as the bishop of the diocese, but also as the archbishop of the Anglican Church in North America. Your prayers make all the difference. And also, uh, for the next eight months, I'll still continue to serve as the chair of, the Ga of GAFCON, the Global Anglican Future Conference. So thank you for your prayers. Uh, also, I want to say thank you to the search committee in the vestry uh, for sending a very nice letter commending the diocese as we walked with you through this process of the interim and also selecting your rector. We don't often get congregations to pause and say thank you. So I just wanted you to know it meant a lot. So, so thank you. Let's pray. Fathers, we open your word this morning. We ask that you would come in the power of your spirit. Come speak to us. Help us hear from you this day and apply in our lives what you speak. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. I want to invite you to open in your Bibles to John chapter 15 or back in the service bulletin if you don't have that, you don't have your Bible with you. Uh, and let's look at the gospel reading that we just heard, John chapter 15. Uh, we're going to start in verse 9. Uh, Jesus said this on the night before he gave his life for us on the cross. He's with all his disciples and he gives them this charge in John chapter 15. He said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. Now, it's important to remember the context of these words. Uh, Jesus has celebrated the Passover with his disciples. He's instituted the Lord's Supper, what we call Holy Communion. He's been telling his disciples that he's going to be leaving. They don't quite get what he means. Um, he's been teaching them important truths about the kingdom of God. Actually, John chapter 13, 14, and 15, and 16 contain some of the most important teachings of Jesus. And here in chapter 15, verse 9, he's asking his disciples, to verse, in verse 9, he says, to abide in his love. In verse 10, he says, to keep his commandments. In verse 11, he says that he wants his joy to be in us and our joy to be full. Where I'd like to spend... All of our time this morning is in verse 12, when it says, when he said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. His commandment is that his followers love each other as he has loved us. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So we must ask, how did Jesus love us? And, and how do we love like Jesus loved? So, so how would you answer those questions this morning? How did Jesus love his disciples? And how do we love like Jesus loved? Well, I'd like to suggest that Jesus loved his disciples and us in at least four ways. There's, there are many ways, but I, I just want to share four. Number one, 
First, he shared his love, or excuse me, he shared himself with the world. That's the first way he's loved us. He shared himself with the world. We call this the incarnation. God entering the human race. As John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And you skip down to verse 14, and it says, and the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, or as some translations say, pitched his tent among us, or others said, he's moved into the neighborhood. 1 John 4, 9 says, this is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So the second person of the Trinity, who has always been and will always be, is now known as the Son, Jesus He set aside his deity, he set aside his glory, he set aside his majesty, and he entered into our world as becoming one of us, becoming a human being. It's what we celebrate at Christmas. How did Jesus love us? He shared himself by coming into our world, being born as a baby, growing up and living like us humans. So how do we love like Jesus loved? We share ourselves with others. We enter into their worlds, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a parent or our children or unbelievers. We leave the comfortless, comfortless, comfort, comfort, how do you say that? Being comfortable (laughs) of our world and go into theirs. We leave our glory and we go humble ourselves and we enter into their world. When I was in youth ministry, this is how we would describe our ministry. That we would leave the comfortableness of our adult world and enter into their youth world. Too many marriages have homes with people that pass each other like ships in the night. They see each other, maybe, but they don't share. They don't enter into each other's worlds. Too many friendships are like two smartphones talking to each other. They may be connected, but they don't enter into each other's space. Too many attempts to share Jesus with others is rooted in an expectation that the others come to us. They'll come to our church. But like Jesus, love is expressed when we leave our world, our culture, our network of friends, and enter into others' world and share in their lives. Father Kalen, as a priest, Jesus calls you to leave your office Leave your study, leave your prayer closet, and go out to where the people are. Get to know your parishioners. Get to know your neighbors, the bank tellers, the restaurant servers, the mayor, the other pastors, the needy and invisible in the community. It's like going fishing. For those of you who like to fish, do you expect the fish to just jump in the boat? No. You have to go to where the fish are. Jesus shared himself, so must we. Love one another as I've loved you. And how has he loved us? First, he shared himself. Secondly, Jesus served the world he entered. He served the world he entered. He taught. He did miracles. He traveled great distances by walking. He washed his disciples' feet. He healed the sick, the blind, the deaf. Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. 
Now, I know this may sound strange to the modern ear, but real love is about the other person. It's not about you. It's about the other person. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is self. Me, myself, and I. Jesus modeled love by serving others. The pandemic raised quite a lot of challenges for all of us, especially in the church. In most places, you could not visit the sick in the hospitals. You could not visit the elderly in nursing homes. People were dying literally all by themselves. It's horrible. And while for a while, many of us couldn't even leave our homes. One of our churches in Chattanooga has a, a ministry to the homeless and to street people. They feed, they clothe, and they offer the gospel to so many who are suffering. And at the beginning of the pandemic, they were not quite sure what to do. No one was allowed social contact. No volunteers could show up. Yet these people needed a hot meal and medical care. So one of our clergy called me, and he just we talked about it, and he decided just to go and to serve the people anyway. He had a guy show up with no shirt or coat in below freezing temperatures. He had others who had been forced out of their work and lost their place to stay. They were literally living on the street. And so he served them in the name of Jesus. As Christians, we're called to serve others by expressing the love of Jesus. Kalen, being the rector doesn't mean we expect people to serve us. It doesn't mean they won't serve you. I mean, I hope this congregation goes out of their way to serve you and your family. However, loving like Jesus loves means that we serve them. We give to them. We care for them. When I was a rector, I would park the furthest in the furthest parking place away so that others, especially our old timers, wouldn't have to walk so far. I mean, that's a small thing, but it's an act of service. Sometimes I would just walk through the church and clean or straighten up or remove clutter. No, not a really big deal, but just a way to serve the congregation so that when they arrived for worship and study, the church looked welcoming for them. A question I always have to ask myself, even as the bishop and now as the archbishop, am I a self-serving leader or am I a serving leader? Am I a self-serving leader or a serving leader? Is it all about me, or is it about the people I serve? Jesus served, and so must we. Love one another as I have loved you. And how has Jesus loved us? He shared himself with the world. Secondly, he served the world he entered. Third, he sacrificed himself for others. We call this the atonement. What we remember on Good Friday. 1 John 4.10 says, This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us by sending His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. John fifteen thirteen in the passage we just read, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this than He laid down His life for His friends. Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates His own love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sacrifice. Jesus displayed his love for humanity and what he did on the cross for us, for you and me. He sacrificed himself so that we might have forgiveness of our sins. 
He sacrificed Himself so that we might have a relationship with the Almighty God of the universe. He sacrificed Himself when He didn't have to. But this is love. So how do we love one another as Jesus loved us? We sacrifice for others. We pick up our cross daily and follow Jesus. That is, we die to self and we live to God. We sacrifice our selfishness and our self-centeredness. As Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. If you're a parent, you sacrifice for your kids, and you often do it without even thinking about it. You do what you have to do for your kids because what? You love them. But what about for the members of the body of Christ, your brothers and sisters in the Lord? We're called to sacrifice. Father Kalin, as rector, you were called to sacrifice, to pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus. I don't think you'd be here if you didn't understand this in, in some way. We're called to sacrifice for the sheep. One Sunday after a busy and exhausting morning at church, I arrived home to hear Allison, my wife, say that she'd seen a young man's sister at the grocery store on the way home. And she had asked that if I'd go by and see her brother at the hospital. Well, I was tired. I'd already changed my clothes. I was ready for my nap. You know, Clergy take naps on Sunday afternoon sometimes. Anyway. But there was something in Allison's voice that caught me. It was like the Holy Spirit was saying, go now. So I changed back into my clergy clothes, went to the hospital to visit this 15-year-old young man. We had a great visit. We talked about heaven. We talked about his faith in Jesus. He had a dream about Jesus coming to get him. And after praying with him, I went back home, not knowing that that night... He'd die and see Jesus face to face. Love sacrifices. God wants us to follow him no matter what. Jesus led the way and he calls us to follow. To love one another as I've loved you. So how has Jesus loved? He shared himself with the world. He served the world that he entered. He sacrificed for others. And number four, he was steadfast in his calling. He was steadfast in his calling. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus was steadfast in his calling. He endured. He was committed. He was dedicated. He was unwavering. He set, was set on his course and he did not turn back. He persevered to the end. He was steadfast. And this is another aspect of love. I think too many of us have bought into the love is a feeling philosophy that our culture teaches about love. If I feel love, then I love. If I don't feel love, I don't love. If I fall in love, I get married. If I fall out of love, I get divorced. Well, 1 Corinthians 13 tells me that I love regardless of how I feel. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious. Love does not rejoice in evil. Love never fails. Love is much more than a feeling. It's commitment. It's dedication. It's steadfast. 
Father Kalen, as rector, you'll be called to remain steadfast in the mission that God has given you. You'll be tempted to forget the gospel message. You'll be tempted to ignore the great commandment and the great commission. You'll be tempted to not keep the main thing the main thing, Jesus. You'll be tempted to let church arguments dilute your love. You'll be tempted to let attendance, worship service, finances, and ministry projects divert you from the mission that God has given you. But love endures. It's steadfast. It remains constant. So love one another as I have loved you. And how has Jesus loved us? He shared himself with the world. He served those he entered. He served those in the world that he entered. He sacrificed himself. And lastly, he was steadfast in his calling. So how do we as followers of Jesus and you as the rector of the church do this? Well, the key is found in the words of Jesus in the previous verses in John 15. Five times he says, abide in me. Eight times Jesus uses the word abide in this passage. Abiding in him means to remain in him, to stay in fellowship with him, to keep walking with him, to remember him moment by moment. Abiding with him means to dwell with him constantly and acknowledging him dwelling with you constantly. It's as Brother Lawrence wrote hundreds of years ago about practicing the presence of God. This is something we have to work at in our ever-demanding, very wordy, non-stop news and social media culture. We have to be intentional about remaining in constant fellowship with the Lord, abiding in Him. But this is the secret of being able to love as He loves. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, He enables us to do this as we remain in fellowship with Him. Father Kalen, it's a joy to be able to install you as the rector of all saints. But remember the words of Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. Amen.